0: My guest today is Kristen Elliott. Kristen is CEO of a water quality organization that provides oceanographic and freshwater monitoring equipment to researchers and farmers around the world. She has been awarded the Inc. 5000 for Fastest Growing Business, San Diego Daily Transcript Top 40 Under 40, and the San Diego Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business. Various aspects of spirit play a valuable role in her life as she navigates growing her business, raising her family, and making important decisions. From seeing her first ghost at the age of five, to hearing one of her guardian angels speak with her, to pursuing a love for shamanic journeying and more, she understands the basic need of connecting beyond the physical world in order to obtain deeper guidance. I'm super excited for my guest today, having Kristen with me, because Kristen and I have known each other now for a good several years, right, since uh, our, our kiddos met in school. So, so excited to have you here to talk about your journey, because a lot of my journey could not have been possible without you.
1: So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I think we've known each other for maybe six years or longer. I know we we talk about soul sisters, so it's probably been a little bit longer than six years, but I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, that's funny that you put it that way because in this life, we've known each other for about, about that time, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> we've known each other over many lives <laughs> before. So our souls remember, but um, our human brains feel like we've only known each other for six years. So I'm, I'm just really thrilled that you're here because like I said, you've been really paramount in my spiritual awakening number two journey. Um, you know, I talk a lot, talk about uh, my journey a bit i go into how a, a friend helped me to connect with the psychic and how a friend helped me do this and that and you're the vast majority of the times you are the friend that <laughs> that has helped me with all of that so to share your story i just i know we you'll help more people other than me so i'm so excited to to get started so I I don't know if you and I have actually had a conversation, so I'd be really curious to talk about maybe where everything started for you as far as how you knew that there was more to this world than what we can see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was actually thinking about that the other day because I feel like spirit and intuition and just these, these things that happened to me have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I do like one of my first memories of encountering something that is not really on the physical world was when I was about four or five years old and I woke up and there was a light in my room and I heard two people talking And I I can't remember exactly what they were saying, but I felt very fearful in that moment because it was so new to me. And I know I wasn't dreaming um, because I remember it very clearly. And I still remember that to this day. And the next morning, I, I, I talked to my parents and I said, were you in my room with a flashlight or something? I mean, but it was like a glowing light. So it didn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And my parents were, no, we were, we were asleep all night. We didn't hear anything. And so I thought I, I didn't actually quite know what to think. And then from that first memory, it just, it just started to grow and grow over time and change and evolve throughout my entire life. And when you say like a glowing light, was it like they were glowing around their, their
0: bodies or
1: can you describe what you saw? Yeah, well, I could hear the voices more than actual the appearances. But it was almost kind of just like a like a haze in the room. Like I wasn't sure if it was behind my door, my door was closed, or if it was in front of my door. But I knew that there were two people because it was a man and a woman talking. And so I, I just assumed it was my parents. But I thought it was odd that I could not only see light from coming underneath the door but I could almost see light in the room at the same time. And it happened I think about two nights in a row and, and then I thought my sister was playing a joke on me and but but then I saw her sleeping in her bed. It, being at that age it's bits and pieces but I but of those bits and pieces I can really recall them. You don't remember what they were saying do you? I don't. That be- they were satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> they, they I believe they were talking about me because I remember being alert to what they were saying and they wanted to talk to me but um, they were almost arguing back and forth, like, no, we shouldn't. We're going to scare her, but we need to. And no, and, and, and part of me was like, no, don't talk to me. I, I don't want, because I, I had that, that fearful. And throughout my, those early adolescent years, whenever something would happen, it would um, invoke the fear. But now that I'm older and I'm, I've been through so many other experiences, it's a different emotion that comes through. Yeah. Do you want to share any of those other experiences that you may have had? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I I made a list of all of these different ones and I wanted to choose. I felt like during this podcast, Spirit would almost guide me to the different stories that really made an impression on me when I was growing up. One that, that clearly sticks out to me was when my grandmother came to visit my firstborn. And I had a very, very difficult time with her. And looking back, I think I was going through like one of those postpartum depression phases, crying a lot. I just wasn't really connecting. The same sorts of fearful emotions were coming up. And I remember standing in my room and just saying, grandma, and she had passed. And I said, grandma, I just need your help can you just show me a sign that everything's okay? And at that time, my life felt just very out of control. We had her during the, um, maybe towards the end of the recession. And so we were struggling a little bit financially and with a new baby in a condo in Carlsbad, it was um, a little bit difficult during that time. So I had asked her to come visit. And the next night, and I had forgotten that I had asked her and reached out to her. It was just one of, during those times of, I need to grasp onto something and I don't know who to talk to. And she was always the one that I would like to talk to. And so the next night I woke up and we had one of those baby monitors and I heard my daughter talking to someone and laughing. And I never heard the other voice, but she was kind of babbling on and laughing. And I kind of listened. And then a few minutes later when it stopped, I ran down to see what was going on and she was asleep in her crib. And I thought, well, that was odd. And then odd things started happening in the condo. I would, I would almost like hear somebody walking around, and I would sense somebody. And I, I remember very clearly that I was unloading the dishwasher and putting my glasses away. And I always put my glasses facing up, and I still do to this day in the cabinet. And so I was putting them away. And when I looked up, all the glasses had turned over and they were facing down. <laughs> I stopped and I, I really looked because I would never done that. I'd always had this one systematic method. And I remember mentioning that to my mom and she said, oh, your grandma would always put them that way. And I remember I would always put them the other way. And so that kind of triggered, oh my gosh, I wonder if my grandmother was here with us. And then it kept going on at, uh, uh, my daughter kept waking up in the middle of the night and talking to somebody and it kind of became more frequent. And so I kind of stopped and I said, all right, grandma, thank you so much for for being here and supporting us in this way. And just by knowing that I had this beyond life support really helped me during that time. And I, I had forgotten that there's so much support outside of this physical world that um, it, it kind of started bring me into different areas of spirituality and connecting in different times. And I really knew it was my grandma because we went over to my parents' house and we had a good close friend of ours do a deep meditation and talk to her. And she described who she talked to. And we didn't tell her it was my grandma, but she described her in the pearl necklace. And then my mom took out a photo And the woman who did the meditation was like, yeah, that was the person I was talking to. And then uh, my daughter came over and she saw the photo and she smiled and said, grandma. And she had never met my grandma. She never had met this person. So at that time, I knew, okay, that was her.
0: How did you know to ask your grandmother who had passed for a sign? Were you brought up in a household that supported that? Thinking? Was it just something innate that
1: you knew you could do? No, I, so we grew up, we never, my my parents both grew up Catholic and they went to Catholic school. And so when my sister and I were born, they um, wanted us to almost find our own way and they didn't want to put anything onto our shoulders to believe in certain things or act certain ways. And so we never, we were never in that sort of space. And I'm not exactly sure how I knew, but just from the different experiences that I had had after she had passed, I actually had a very vivid dream where she came to me and said she was okay. And it was the same sort of feeling of comfort and golden light. It just felt very safe and loving. And so after that dream, I, I had this sort of connection to her and um, she was the first one i reached out to and i still get signs from her whenever i need help which is pretty awesome my other grandma as well if whenever i need something she'll come to me in a different way but i think it's more of just an intuition it was i need help i'm going to just talk to her and and see what happens and i go back and forth i mean i have had i've had a lot of different experiences well, that condo that she actually showed up in when we first purchased it the the sellers never told us that someone had actually passed away in that in the the condo within like the last year and we decided to move forward with the purchase And I actually saw the woman and I don't actually see ghosts very often. Um, (laughs) Maybe not at all. Maybe once or twice my whole life, but I I can hear them. I can sense them. I can see like objects moving from them, but I actually saw her and, and all, all sorts of things were happening. She would unscrew all of our light bulbs in the condo and we'd have to screw them all back in. And I woke up and, and she was like, she was tickling My she was tickling me under my armpits, and that same night I told my husband, like I I don't like being touched there. I just don't like that. (laughs) And she woke me up by by doing that. And so she she was kind of a little bit of a prankster. And um, when I saw her, I said, okay, that's it. We we, you you need to to just leave me alone. And um, even though she she I believe was friendly, and then in our new home we saw a little boy. So there have been quite a few experiences for me that I'm almost always reaching out into the beyond for for guidance in different ways. And sometimes it's thrown at me in front of my face over and over until I get it. And that's always fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they really need you to see it with your with your eyes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think that'd be a little bit like a disconcerting <laughs> to to see the spirit because that's one thing that I uh you know with my with my mediumship journey I was I was certainly not would not have been ready for that at the beginning I felt like I have some control over that but you were you didn't really have <laughs> control over that I think it's just like we're gonna show ourselves to you I, that's a yeah that could be very eye-opening no pun and no pun mm-hmm. intended so you started doing uh the shamanic journey and can you tell us about that
1: yeah So I met a family friend, I talked to her about 10 years ago, and she was taking classes from shamans to learn how to journey. And I was really interested in that, because she had performed a couple of journeys for me. And during this process, she had met my animal guides. I remember the first time she journeyed, she said that one of my animal guides was a butterfly and every animal kind of represents a different area of your personality or um, the support you need in this life. And when she said butterfly, it made complete sense to me because when my grandfather passed away, I kept having this butterfly land on my shoulder, and I remember just kind of brushing him off, and he kept landing on my shoulder and sitting there. Well, Well, this is odd. Okay, I'll just let him sit there. And then that summer, I was really thinking about him and feeling really sad that he was gone. And we were walking through a meadow and all of a sudden all these butterflies had flew up in front of me. And so I connected to butterfly as showing me that everything's okay and to, to be happy and to know that, that I'm here, that, that everything is loving and, and so when she had told me that one of my animal spirit guides was a butterfly, so that makes complete sense. And and I remember we were camping and I had asked her to, to help guide me through the process. And and the first time was was really pretty neat for me in the sense that I was I, I I can't meditate. I I really try to meditate almost every day. And if I can get three to four minutes in, then I'm really proud of myself. But with these journeying it's almost like I'm, I'm kind of going to a different dimension and it will be about 10 or 15 minutes, but it feels like one minute. And so when I come out, I'm always like, wow, I was gone for, for a long time. And so she helped me understand you listen to a drumming music and, um, you kind of walk down a, a pathway similar to a past life regression, but you walk down, um, to your, your comfort spot. And mine is the lake. In the mountains, and then from there you kind of go down into um, the lower realm, and the lower realm offers advice that makes more sense to me. I've gone to the upper realm once or twice, but it's more like euphoric advice and guidance for I think your higher soul's purpose. But the lower realm is more for like this life and where you are today, and so I really enjoy. You don't. I don't get to do it too often, but. I have been able to, um, it took me a few years of practice, but now for the last 10 years, I've been doing journeys for myself and for friends, um, family members, and it's always pretty intense for the other person when I come out and tell them what I saw. A lot of it is seeing, meeting their animal guides, and then they show me visions. And through those visions, I can interpret just different metaphors of what could be happening in that person's life, and it's always pretty deep. I always tell the people i'm I'm almost diving into your soul for a little bit and i'm I'm pulling up things that you might be working through, but after that journey, I don't remember it's weird i I can't unless I write it down or record it and re-listen to it I just it's there for them and however they want to interpret it, and then it's kind of gone from my mind, yeah, and when that happens, that tells me that
0: it's because you truly were just sort of the vessel to relay the message mm-hmm. and then that's it. Cause it didn't come from you, right? It didn't come from your brain. So Mm-mm. because of that, it doesn't retain. I feel this, I notice the same with the, with most readings that I do except for those really profound moments in the readings. I'll remember those, mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise people will tell me, maybe you can relate to this. <laughs> I don't know, but people will say, wow, what you said came true or, or, whatever. And I'm like, Oh, what did I, (laughs) what did I say? I I don't remember. So yeah, it's, it's the same thing. That's, that's so awesome. And I love that you bring up animal guides because I don't know, I don't know if they get as much credit as our spirit guides do or angels do, because they really are a part of our team. Would you say that everybody also has animal guides?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everybody has at least one animal guide. And I think that they're, and I haven't read this, but I feel that they're animals because that's very um, present in just our daily lives. I mean, we see birds and bunnies, and I've seen coyotes and dogs and cats. And so animals are very much amongst us in this physical world. And so it makes sense to me that if we're receiving guidance for our life, They they come to us in different forms because each animal, even on this planet, represents different personality traits. I mean, a hummingbird is far different than a lion. And these different personality traits are represented to me in the journeys through the animal. Um, And then once I see an animal, I can kind of understand why it's there. But I'll look up animal totem for a hummingbird. And, and then it has like key characteristics and it has why this animal totem has come into your life and how it's here to support you. Uh, animals will be core animal guides. And so we'll have these throughout our, our entire life on this planet. And then we have supporting animal guides. And if we're going through a big transition or there's an obstacle or a challenge, they'll come into our lives at, at different moments. And sometimes, which is really fun is uh, when I when I do these journeys the animals will almost introduce me to other other guides that are present on this plane for example I did a journey in the Hawaiian islands and I was introduced to one of the land guardians and I've talked to a couple of land guardians before and they are just I mean the land guardians have been with the land for a very long time and so they're filled with Really deep knowledge, and in Hawaii there's lots of water there's lots of waterfalls it rains a lot there's oceans and i mean there's just water everywhere and i had I had um, asked this land guardian just to just to get me some knowledge from the land and they told me that every water molecule on this planet i mean a water molecule never never truly disappears. Yeah, it's in a liquid form and then it evaporates into a, into a gas and solid. And but the actual molecule, it changes different forms depending on temperature, but it's never gone from the planet. And so if you think about the all these water molecules have been here for the entire existence. They've they've been everywhere. And so they they said it's very nourishing for the soul to drink the water because we're almost like drinking the knowledge of our ancestors and fulfilling ourselves. And, and just, I know one time I had talked to another guardian of some sort. I don't know if it was a land guardian, but I was very fearful of death during this time of my life. And I remember this guardian started laughing and said, I don't understand why humans are so nervous about death because it's just the desire to enter all things heavenly. And that's, (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't think of this stuff on my own. And and during that time, I'm like, that makes sense. Okay, so it's just a transition that we're nervous because we don't know what to expect, really. But they were just telling me that it's it's a heavenly transition and we shouldn't be nervous to go through that. I mean, we weren't nervous to be born and it's the same sort of thing. So I get a lot of just... Interesting comments and feedback from these journeys, wow, that's really incredible and such a great perspective and
0: another sort of testament to knowing that <laughs> you just can't make this stuff up especially when you're having you know you've had like a fear of death and then for that those words of wisdom to come through like that wouldn't be the first thing that I would think you mm-hmm. know so how how incredible just another testament to how real this stuff really is I mean it's just <laughs> In our, it's just it's amazing. Uh, now, I want to I, I want to talk a little bit about what it is that you do. I've had a lot of guests on already who their work is very much spirit related, mm-hmm. um, and I know your work. In a roundabout way, spirit-related, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? hmm Yeah. As far as like a career. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, I am the, the CEO of a company called PME and and very technology, science-focused, which is interesting to have this perspective because a lot of my, my customers are researchers. They're uh really data driven, and so they want to see evidence before making conclusions and the The work that we do at the company we provide water quality sensors, and so our sensors are are in different natural waters around the world, collecting data for these scientists to then create conclusions and that's my dad is a, a is an engineer, a scientist, and never I would talk to him about this stuff, doesn't believe any of it doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in an afterlife, none of it. And so he's very science driven. And then on the, the Aquasun side, the other company that, that I started about five years ago, it's fascinating because spirit helped me to start it and drove me to get it going. But it's to farmers and, and customers that I couldn't really talk to about this. they I don't think I've run across anybody in this space, although this space is driving my development for it, if that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah, it does. It does.
0: (laughs) So I think it's just also another test of it to how spirit, especially if we're open to it, as you are, um, really plays a role in so many different aspects of our life. Like it's not limited to, when i want to connect or when i want to meditate or when i need help or guidance it's mm-hmm. infused in everything no matter how grounded and human it is versus how ethereal it can be so that's so interesting um coming from a father with those sort of beliefs and that mind frame and here you are <laughs> almost like exact opposite of that um it's just really neat to show that you were indeed able to have that ability to explore what felt right to you. And I do think it's really great that they at least didn't maybe stop you from exploring whether or not he believed it or not. I, I feel that a lot of the the guests that I've had on so far, some have been fortunate having that support. And then there are others who have to find that courage to come out of the spiritual closet. So they say. So. Um, I, I don't know, some, there's something about having that openness or that ability to and that freedom to explore that really allows, I feel like the development mm-hmm. to come a bit quicker
1: mm-hmm. um, because of my own experience too. Yeah. yeah. So I went through meditation, my three minute meditation a few days ago. And I've had some friends ask me and some people, how are you, like, how do you receive this sort of stuff? Or I, or I want to be able to, but I don't know how, and it's changing almost your energy and being, you can open yourself up and then you can close yourself up. And during this meditation, a good uh, representation of that was he had us like make a fist and really squeeze our fist and, and wanted us to kind of feel like, what does that feel like in your body and in your energy? When you're squeezing your fist, you just feel like really drawn into yourself. And and that's when you feel like the walls are kind of coming up around you and not very open to, I mean, a fist represents just maybe annoyance and fear and anger. And, and that's what happens during conflicts as we, we create our fist. And then you said, now just open it up like you're giving a gift and, and opening up the, the fist, it, it, it creates a different sort of energetic presence. And you can feel that just through or scrunching up your face and then smiling. It's hard to explain, but when you're very closed off, kind of closed off to just new opportunities and new ideas and And it takes a little bit of time if you're not used to this, but just opening, uh, being open to new things and the new sorts of messages from strangers, potentially, and, and talking to people, asking questions, knowing that, that you do have more guidance in this, in this world. And wanting to receive. And so that's, that's kind of the difference is, is not wanting to receive and just wanting to be closed in on yourself and then opening it. And um, feeling like your fists are open, you're giving a gift, like I'm here, what would you like to show me? And once you start thinking in that perspective, then things start to kind of flow in. And you can practice with this. I mean, I've had I've gone into a room and when I feel closed, I don't want to talk to anybody and people can sense it too. And no one will come over and talk to me. But when I'm open, I'm more smiling and, and my eyes are seen brighter and people are more interested in coming to me. And so it's kind of like you're shining your light now, or you can close it off. And that's kind of how I've tried to explain it to to certain people.
0: Yeah, that's that's really helpful, especially because I think sometimes we may not even realize that we are closing ourselves off. Mm-hmm. And as you were explaining the fist, I was doing it, and I could feel, I could feel a difference of like the lightness of opening it up mm-hmm. as a gift mm-hmm. versus the the tension of holding it tight. There is a difference, and that's something that anybody could physically do mm-hmm. and um, maybe maybe sense, maybe feel. Hopefully, so they can get the analogy of that. Do you have a, a good relationship with your intuition? Would you say?
1: Um, I, I believe I do. I'm starting to learn to listen to it more. And there have been times when I should have listened to it. Like, for example, this morning, (laughs) just little things. I wanted to go for a run. So I woke up really early and I felt, I don't know, I, I kind of had this feeling like maybe today's not a good day, but I had in my head, like, I need to go, I need to do this. And I kept having just this weird, and I'll tell you another story when this happened, kind of a weird, like, I don't know, maybe not. And during my run, I I fell and I, I scraped up both my arms and now my knee hurts. And, and I look back and like, I knew I should have listened and just stayed home and done something else. And another time it was my brother-in-law's birthday and we were going downtown. My daughter was about three years old and I was pregnant with my son and we dropped her off, and I had this this weird kind of, and it's it's difficult to describe what intuition feels like, but it almost feels like like a, a thought just comes up in your head, and it's very important, and you you just keep thinking and you keep focusing on that little thought. So this thought was maybe not going downtown, and a, almost a feeling of dread in a way, and I and I didn't know why. And this was our first like our first time overnight or or not overnight, but going downtown and, and having fun and being out there. And so I didn't really think too much of it, but driving home, a semi truck ran a red light and T-boned us and our car was totaled. And we like spun around and and hit a building and I was in the hospital all night. And it was one of those, I knew I should have, I knew I should just step back a little bit and, and listen to it, but more of the positive intuitive messages come through more, I would say than the negative ones. And it's more of just like having little feelers out. Like if I'm making a big decision, I feel, is this going to be good? Or is this going to be good? And if I, if, if I think a certain, of, am I going to do it this way? And it feels really good within me. Like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Then, okay, here's my intuition pointing to me in this direction, but I am still learning Uh, About how to recognize intuition and and utilize it. Yeah, it's
0: a lifelong learning. I feel like that would be really hard. Like, like for for instance, Mm -hmm. you're running scenario, Mm -hmm. like knowing the difference between okay, it's intuition, something doesn't feel right about this, versus I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to (laughs) go. Like knowing the difference between that and because it could be such a small difference. Mm So I think that's why it's good to start practicing and learning what what intuition feels like versus what we feel like. Because mm-hmm. wow that that second example was, I mean that was intense. Yeah, like you guys got in a, a terrible car accident. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a really extreme example of not listening to intuition. <laughs> but it's true. Like it could be that extreme where it could be a life and death. Thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow, and it, maybe you just needed a bigger
1: wake up, <laughs> yeah, and I and a sport well I've heard too because i i've I have thought that now I, I'm a nervous flyer, and so I'm always nervous to get on an airplane, like every time I get on an airplane, I think this is it, like this is the end and and if i had if I had thought that's my intuition, every single time I fly, I think something bad's gonna happen, and so I was trying to understand well, how is it how is it my own just fears and emotions? And then how is it intuition and this higher guidance? And what I'm trying to notice is that if this higher guidance is causing like anxiety and and other sorts of emotion, like fear or or anger or anything like that, I've heard that it's more coming from your physical body. But if if intuition is more of just a calming, like knowing and it doesn't cause all this anxiety then that could be more of the intuition coming through for example I my intuition was pretty strong when probably about f- two months before they found a, a a really like deadly skin cancer on my head uh, a melanoma on the center of my head and it was coming in the sense of I, I kept just kind of thinking something's off like something is is definitely going on and i I do these crazy things where, okay, I'll, I'll have a toy and I'll be like, if I make it in this basket, then I don't have anything to worry about. And if I don't, then I do. And I kept missing the basket. i like, okay, something's going on. And I kept thinking, um, that it was something like on the outer side of my body. And I remember some mole, my arm kind of just went haywire and blew up, and it's like, oh, I better go see the dermatologist for this mole. And it turned out it was fine on my arm, nothing was wrong. Um, I scheduled a full like body skin exam and the dermatologist looked everywhere and didn't see anything and said I was good to go for another year. And but I kept like getting this like inkling, like, oh, I don't know, there's just maybe there's there's something that's off within myself somewhere. And I, I didn't know what though, but it was just there. And I remember I, I my my, my scalp started to dry out really bad. And I've never seen it this dry in my life. And so I realized, okay, maybe I should get my hair cut because by looking at my scalp so closely, I saw my gray hair coming in. <laughs> so I scheduled a haircut that week. <laughs> and it was uh, with my my sister-in-law and she was doing my hair and she stops and she said, what's this black circle on the top of your head. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And she took a photo of it and showed me. And the next day I went back to the dermatologist and they were like, oh, we need to get this off right away. And it they, they called me the, the day after and said, I'm sorry, it's a melanoma. And then I had to go into surgery. And that, was, that started the time of me being very fearful of death because my third daughter or my third child was just born. And I realized like I'm not immortal, like there i can <laughs> I can die and leave this planet, and I don't want to because I have these kids to raise and It was a very challenging time for me but but my guides were there in a pretty intense way, however I needed them, for example, I kept seeing rainbows whenever whenever I was just feeling very scared i would I would see a rainbow in the sky, or I would see a rainbow being reflected off a window or I would see like a sticker of a rainbow. And I remember I, I had another follow up dermatologist appointment. And for like three months after being diagnosed with melanoma, they are pretty like happy to cut anything off (laughs) that looks randomly weird. And so they cut another thing off on my, my forehead. And every time that they removed something, I would go through this like, (gasps) okay, I hope this isn't another like skin cancer. and. I remember driving home and I was having a, a little anxiety attack. And I, I thought, okay, if you, I, I don't know how you're going to show me a rainbow, guys, because the sky is completely blue and I'm in the car and there's no crystals and there's no stickers. And I was starting to to, to really become super anxious. And I remember like right after that thought, the song on the radio changed and the song's title was Rainbow. <laughs> Oh my goodness! And, I love it. Yeah, I just start <laughs> laughing. I'm like, "All right, you got me." It, the the messages and how they come can be <laughs> so obvious and so unique that it's how you interpret it that helps. Oh,
0: I love that!
1: Thank you for sharing that. Um,
0: that's that's incredible, and I think it's also it just shows how often. Those on the other side do communicate with Mm -hmm. us. Yes, it's not through you know words, and they're not sitting here having a conversation with you, but they use so many different ways to communicate. I mean, to me, with all those rainbows being sent and everything, I mean, it sounds like you have a very chatty group. (laughs) (laughs) They're just very making sure that you're okay. Like that's amazing, and it's a different kind of communication. Mm -hmm. And our loved ones, our past loved ones, they they do that too. They communicate the same way. We just have to be open to it and we have to trust that that's what it is because it's very easy, I'm sure, to sort of brush it off right as coincidence. Uh But uh, knowing that, especially in that scenario, I mean, there's no way you can (laughs) deny what that was. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. I really, really Mm -hmm. love that. I was wondering if you could give any advice to listeners who... Maybe you're working a job that is more, uh, I don't know, mainstream, corporate, however you want to mm-hmm. say, but they have this strong spiritual belief. Since I feel that you're you're in that sort of position, I feel myself I'm in that position as well. So I'm curious, what advice would you give somebody, if any, or how to have you incorporated both in your place of work?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I do tend to... Of course, I think anyone would in just a mainstream corporate position um, have those sort of boundaries. So when I'm at work, I'm not talking about this. It, 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 you really have to feel it out for for different people in the workplace. But I liked your example with the book that you wrote by following the breadcrumbs, and it's it's exactly how I I come to different sorts of decisions and. Different opportunities um while I'm growing in both my personal life and my professional life and and they 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 do intertwine a lot and just remembering that whatever you're doing at at work it's <laughs> these journeys are there for us to learn in different ways and to grow in different ways if you're really happy in your job then you're probably really aligned um potentially receiving lots of different breadcrumbs it's just I guess trying to recognize them. I find that if if I'm pursuing something that isn't maybe right for my soul's journey it things just don't seem to line up well. Um, there's lots of just challenges on the personal and the the professional side. I come up to a lot of different walls and it's just harder. I feel like I'm walking through mud, but that was me like five years ago. But then a few things happened where it changed kind of my own thinking in how I pursue this technology and how I give back to the world. And, and I, I just have these thoughts of, of changing our environment and changing the world in different ways and once those thoughts started coming through all these opportunities started coming through and it's it's almost like everything was just so easy i mean it was all kind of falling in my lap and and it was at that time where I'm like all right i think i'm on my soul's purpose journey and it, it, everything felt aligned i mean i would i would think i need help here and the next day I'd be introduced to somebody who could help me in that area. Or I need to, I need to find this sort of customer and the same thing would happen. all of a sudden I I'd, I'd get an email or a call and it's that sort of customer that I need. But when I was kind of walking through the mud more, it was challenging and I was reaching out and, and trying to make it happen, but it wasn't like fluidly happening. And so following those, those breadcrumbs and that intuition you start to uh, align yourself with with those next steps in your profession, uh, and what helps with that is I've had I've had help from my intuitive coach, and I think she's been on this podcast, Stephanie, <laughs> and she's helped me set up my mornings where I, I I I do try and do the the meditation, but every morning I just sit there with my eyes closed and I think what what would you like for me to focus on today. And sometimes it's simple, like just drink more water. You just need to, you just need to hydrate yourself today. Sometimes it's a little bit more complex focus on peace and gratitude, especially with this upcoming meeting. Uh, Sometimes it's not about work. It's about, uh, what am I, my, a child that, that I didn't know could be struggling and thinking about my child in a different way. So just taking a few minutes and, and taking a few deep breaths and closing your eyes and just asking and and hold hold your hands open like you're wanting to receive and you're wanting to give, and just asking what, what should I focus on today? And it's kind of those first sentences and those first words that then come back. And in the past, I would think, okay, I'm just I'm just generating this stuff myself. It's not actually coming to me, but it's. It seems to have this higher purpose because that day will be structured differently. If that makes any sense, if I follow that advice. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. You know, we we may put it out
0: there, you know, looking for any guidance or help today, and we receive something back. Uh, and one of the best ways to validate that it didn't come from our own minds is following through with that advice, or you know, whatever. The, the guidance mm-hmm. is following through with it and seeing the results of that. So I think that you put that perfectly. Well, Kristen, I just want to thank you again so much for your time and being a guest here with me. I just I'm so glad that I have you in my life that I can have these discussions with. And so, a- again, thank you for for being you and for being here.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed this. I, I love talking about it. I don't get the opportunity too much.
0: And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always.